0: March 19, 2018. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we review a book titled *Le Mooglaton, Goetia and the Stellar Tradition by Leo Holmes, 2013, a Brazilian author who has examined the 72 spirits of the Goetia in relation to the earliest zodiacal and fixed star arrangement that we have the Mulapin of the Babylonians, hence his title, Lamugaton. Holmes has also included references to the Egyptians, the Magi, the Yazidis, the Tarot, Lovecraft, and Kenneth Grant. He has a complete sequence of sigils of the Bohemian stars, which is a valuable asset to any magician's handbook. And he agrees with us that Baal and Ashtoreth are Baal and Astarte and advances his zodiacal circle from the age of Taurus to the age of Aries, as we have done in our Master Mandala. And he has also declared that Zagon, number 61, is the Canaanite god Dagon, which we will certainly consider. This is a small quarto book in limited edition, published by the Fall of Man Press. Our copy, provided by Frater de Muzi, is number 260 of 300. So, if you goetic magicians want the book, you should order it soon. Now, this is a delightful little book. In reading it, it is like experiencing time travel. Holmes captures the mystery and romance of the night sky. The power and life of the stars. And although he mentions the ancient Egyptian Dendera zodiac and the catalog of day and night demons attributed to Deccans to and Quinances of the zodiac, he rightfully concludes that the Egyptians learned their astrology and astronomy
1: uh,
0: from Mesopotamia and. And he concentrates on the MUL.APIN, apin which is the earliest Babylonian sequence of 71.6 asterisms, or fixed stars, that circle the heavens. He concludes that the 72 stellar beings we call Goetic Spirits must be advanced from the age of Taurus, when the signs of the Zodiac began with Taurus at the vernal Equinox, to the age of Aries. When the cycle begins with Aries in the spring, and Holmes simply turns the wheel, he does not ruminate on the significance of the bull being replaced by the ram. We have discussed that on many, many times on this show. Bail starts in zero degrees Aries, and so on around the circle. Even so he pulls much lore from the Bronze Age up into the Iron Age as he delves into the original astral symbolism of the 72 or the 71 original of, uh, of the, of the Mulapin, which breaks down to 33 stars of Enlil, 23 stars of Anu, and 15 stars of Ea. Now, these asterisms weave in and out of the mansions of the moon, giving us a full circle of mythical symbolism which can be applied to the Goetic spirits and their Shemhamphoradic counterparts. Now, using the Molam pin, Holmes derives the following associations Be'il equals Enlil of the gods, the Baal. Uh, the Baal of the gods, Baal Marduk, and Ashtaroth equals the Queen of Heaven, Zagon, of course, equals Dagon, the fish god, and there are several other useful associations. Now, in Chapter 3 of the book, we are shown that the Baal sigil resembles the Taurus constellation, and that the Zagon sigil is similar to the Aquarius pattern. Now, Chapter 4 relates the spirits to the tarot cards. Now, however, the cards being such late comers historically, this has to be projected speculation based on modern correspondences. But it's 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 very interesting even even with that in mind. Now chapter five deals with the Queen of Sheba's South Sabaeans, very much concerned with the Solomonic tradition and giving us a fascinating look at the Arabian conceptions of the jinn. The Fiery Spirits of Arabian Pre- and Post-Islamic Lore. I'm going to read a short section from um, page 53 of the book on that, uh, which comes from the, from the Testament of Solomon, which dates back to about um, oh, about uh, 300 A.D., as I recall. I see. The Testament of Solomon, even if falsely attributed to him, and have been composed over a thousand years, between the 1st and the 5th centuries A.D. after his death shows us the connections of the jinn with the stars. I'm reading from uh, Holmes's book here. And I, Solomon, seeing them, questioned them and said, Who are ye? But they, with one accord, said, with one voice, We are the 33 elements of the cosmic ruler of the darkness. Now, that would be the 30, 33 stars of Man will. And the first said, I am deception. And the second said, I am strife. And the third said, I am clothode, which is battle," And the fourth said, I am jealousy. And the fifth, I am power. And the sixth, I am error. And the seventh, I am the worst of all. And our stars are in heaven, seven stars, humble in sheen, and all together. And of course, this would be the Pleiades. And we are called, as it were, goddesses. We change our place all and together. And together we live, sometimes in Lydia, sometimes in Olympus, and sometimes in a great mountain. And the King's Testament follows with many other accounts of the Jinn who live among the stars. And so I said to him, Tell me in which star you reside. And the one called by men the evening star. And the following paragraph is even more explicit. And when they were gone, I ordered Oraneus to be brought forward, and said to him, Tell me how you know this. And he answered, We demons ascend into the firmament of heaven and fly about among the stars, and we hear the sentences which go forth upon the souls of men, and forthwith we come, and whether by force of influence, or by fire, or by sword, or by some accident, we veil our act of destruction. And if a man does not die by some untimely disaster or by violence, then we demons transform ourselves in such a way as to appear to men and be worshipped in our human nature. I, therefore, having heard this, glorified the Lord God, and again I questioned the demon, saying, Tell me, how you can ascend into heaven, being demons, and amidst and amidst the stars and holy angels intermingle, and he answered, just as things are justified in heaven, so are on earth the types of all of them. For there are principalities, authorities, world rulers, and we demons fly about in the air, and we hear the voices of the heavenly beings and survey all the powers. And as having no ground on which to alight
1: and rest,
0: we lose strength and fall off like leaves from trees. And then seeing us, imagine that the stars are falling from heaven. And But when it is not really so, king, but we fall because of our, our weakness and because we have nowhere anything to lay hold of. And so we fall down like lightnings in the depth of night, and suddenly we set cities in flames and fire at the fields; for the stars have firm foundations in the heavens, like the sun and the moon in the Old Testament, one kings. Verse 11 four through five, Solomon is even said to have worshipped Astarte Ataro in his old age. And so how come would the king worship a slave jinn? This evidence shows that Solomon being uh, being because of uh, Balchus's influence, or whatever other reason, was actually a servant of the jinn, a worshiper, and their messenger, not their lord leaves signs that the whole story might have been corrupted most probably during the monotheistic rule. But the stellar lore was not limited to Yemen to Yemen, as Francis Rollinson tells us in his Mazarat and this ancient Arabian and Persian traditions. Sheikh Sadi the author of the celebrated Gulistan says, God gave to Adam the robe of honorary purity to Edris Enoch, preeminence in teaching a victorious soul to Noah, and he hung the Tulsan of Dignity from the head of Hud, and Hud was an Arabian prophet, he He Abraham, the friend of God, with a sword belt of attachment. He wrote the diploma of sovereignty in the name of Ishmael. Put the seal of royalty on the finger of Solomon, that's the ring, and the shoe of intimacy on the foot of Moses, the turban of preeminence on the head of Jesus. Saadi lived more than 100 years, dying in 1296. He spent 30 years in study, 30 in travel, 30 in devotion and retirement. These fables may be found in the Quran. By other authorities, he has been supposed to be Eber or Heber. Genesis, verse 11 15. Holmes moves on to the Persian Zoroastrian influences. He briefly returns to the Arabians and the South Sabaeans. The South Sabaeans. Are not to be confused with the North Sabaeans of Iran. The South Sabaeans were the original Sabaeans, and they were, they were uh, the Queen of Sheba's people down in what is today Yemen and also extending over into Ethiopia. So let's read about the Sabaeans. The ancient Arabs very early corrupted their ancestral astronomy into Sabaeanism. The worship of the host of heaven. The Hamiariites chiefly worshipped the sun. The tribe of Mizraim, Al Debron, the Tai, Sohio, or Canopus, it was said to bring happiness to all whom it shone, probably from its name. The desired Mohammed's grandfather is said to have uh yeah, the desired Mohammed's grandfather is said to have tried to persuade the Qur'ash to leave their images and worship the star Sirius, adored by the tribe Ka'is. Some tribes worshipped Al-Mushari, the planet Jupiter. Others, as and worshipped Oterid or Mercury. The Arabs had seven celebrated temples dedicated to the seven planets, one in the chief city of Yemen, uh, to al Al-Zariah, the planet Venus, the Temple of Mecca, where Muhammad destroyed 365 idols in one day, and was said to be dedicated to Saturn. These idols may have been one for each day of the year from stars rising on those days. They, however, continued to acknowledge the one supreme God, Allah Ta'ala, God Most High. That's a corruption of hell, the Canaanite god hell. They professed to worship in the stars, not but angelic intelligences governing them, mediating between God and man. They attributed their religion to Noah, from whom, no doubt, they had astronomical foundation of it. This is one of the uh, most detailed accounts of uh, pre-Islamic Arabian paganism I've I've read yet now. Next, he follows this with a very interesting essay on the Yazidis, which I will read now. The Yazidis are a religious group among the Kurds about which much has been written, and they retain several elements of Zoroastrianism and Sufi mysticism as much as Babylonian and Sumerian belief systems. Central to their cult are seven angels or divine beings, strongly resembling the Persian. Yazatas, of whom Menelik cows, their leader, is considered to be in charge of the earth. That's the peacock angel. According to the Yazidis, God put the world under the supervision of Heft Seir, the seven mysteries. After he created, I'm going to interject here something about the Moschim. We did a show sometime back on the the Seven, the seven evil spirits of, of ancient Babylon,
1: And I refer
0: you back to that. The other name by which Menlech Taos is known is Shaitan, a name Kenneth Grant connects with the Egyptian uh, god Set. Shaitan Iwas is a form of Set, which recognized by Crowley as being his own holy guardian angel. Menlech Taos Totem, the peacock, can connect him with Andro -Andro Malek uh Andre office
1: and, Azra, and
0: Azrael however it is important to mention that none of these links are accepted or even known by the Yazidis themselves who in their banner include sumero Akkadian scripts especially the Dingir sign a cuneiform mainly used as a determinative for deity but, that is often also used as a synonym for the sky, heaven, the star, and composes the ideogram for mul, meaning asterism or constellation. The seven divine beings of the Yazidis are very suggestive of the Mesopotamian gods who decree, Anu, Enlil, Nin, Ursag, Enki, Ishtar, Sin, and Shamash, the Ejiji, uh, and the, and the Gagori. Now, the Watchers, as they are known in the West, appear in the Zohar, Nebuchadrezzar's dream, in the book of Daniel, and feature centrally in the book of Enoch, the seventh from Adam. Idris, or Enoch, was the ancient Jewish religious text attributed to him, which describes the fall of the Grigori, the Watchers, the angels who fathered the Nephilim, the giants who inhabited the land of Canaan. In uh, Numbers, uh, the, book, the biblical book of Numbers, 1333, we read, And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of, of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. And here it is interesting. The word Anak, which strongly suggests Anunnaki, meaning those who from heaven to earth came, according to Sitchin. In chapter 8, it is said, The angel Barakwill taught men astrology and Kokabel the constellations. The book's sequence tells of the visits of Enoch and paid to heaven in the form of travels, visions, and dreams. Along with the revelations he had in the beginning of the 17th century, Sir Walter Raleigh affirmed in his History of the World that a part of the Book of Enoch contained the course of the stars, their names, and motions, and that it had been found in Sheba. And that, of course, would be Yemen. And as a side note to this on the Yazidis, As a side note, one of our people recently uh, uh, discovered that the Yazidis have a geomancy divination system very similar to ours. And perhaps we and the Yazidis are under the same stars. Now, Chapter 6 deals with that small stellar grimoire called the Bahanian Stars, a short catalog of 15 fixed stars and their sigils with their magical attributes. Some of them are Regulus, Alde, Aldebaran, Algol, Sirius, Arcturus. Of special note here is Altheria, the Pleiades, which Holmes equates with the Goetic spirit Murmur. Now, we related Murmur to Mot, the Canaanite lord of death, That's because he's the, he's the spirit of the necromancers, does and, and brings forth the souls of the dead. Now, does death lurk in the forest of the seven sisters? Well, this is an interesting speculation. Now, chapter seven deals with the influences of Aleister Crowley, Kenneth Grant, H. P. Lovecraft, and on the and on the uh, authors. The stellar Gnosis uh, perspective. He traces this current occult theme, because this is very popular, as you know, this current occult theme through its extraterrestrial speculations, linking UFOs, gray aliens, stellar influences, and Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos with the Mool-Apin, and the later stellar demonic theories of medieval magic. He reveals Lovecraft's early fascination with occult astronomy and the influences of the moon and Polaris on his dream cycle stories and his Cthulhu mythos. And read some of this because he has a beautiful, beautiful selection on on uh, on Lovecraft here. And you know, Lovecraft dreamed many of his stories. He actually dreamed them. H. P. Lovecraft was fascinated by astronomy. In 1903, he bought his first book about the stars. It was Lessons in Astronomy by Charles A. Young. Before that, it seems he used to mainly dream through his grandmother's copy of Geography of the Heavens by Elijah H. Burrett. In a letter to Maurice Moe in 1915, Lovecraft wrote, My maternal grandmother, who died when I was six, was a devoted lover of astronomy and having made that that a specialty at Lapham Seminary, where she was educated. And though she never personally showed me the beauties of the skies, it is her excellent and somewhat obsolete collection of astronomical books that I owe my affection to celestial science. Her copy of Burr's Geography of the Heavens is today the most prized volume in my library. Six years after buying Lessons in Astronomy, he started uh, to write weekly in astronomy for the for the Potuxet Valley uh, Gleaner, and once a month for the Providence Tribune. This was done for free, since he had a re- re- revulsion for accepting any payment for his writings, at least at that time. Also, curious about Lovecraft, apart from his self-imposing social withdrawal and eccentric behavior, were the persistent involuntary facial contortions and spasms which he found impossible to suppress, no matter what. The more he urged to stop them, the more frequent they became. Despite this, he believed it was a response for a psychological disorder called chorea minor. We are more inclined to attribute those spasms to possession. Anyone who had already attended a voodoo session or witnessed uh, uh, cannobili uh, umbanda, and this is Brazilian obviously, uh, possession process might have noted that previous the total removal of the medium's consciousness, he or she experiences such spasms, which occur while both spirit, uh, both the spirits, the mediums and the entities dispute control of the body. This is consistent that he used to be assaulted at night by horrific night gaunts when he was a kid, and similar accounts are given by mediums uh, from Umbanda and Condomble. And voodoo, and spiritualism. You're again Brazilian. As a mystic and sensible thinker, it can be that Lovecraft had, in fact, channeled most of his stories, at least the elements of which they consisted. The entire body of Lovecraftian mythos, well explored by Grant and others, is replete with stars, alien entities, and gods of the deep which in turn can be identified in ancient Near Eastern stellar traditions. Cthulhu, for instance, can have an etymological link with the man of of Kutha, Kuthalu, which refers to the god Nurgal, and in our opinion, this connects Cthulhu with the Mulapins Cygnus Lucreta and parts of Cassiopeia and and Cephas. Hastur, Cthulhu's half-brother, is said to be related to Aldebaran, and therefore, interestingly, the relationship between Cthulhu and Hastur sometimes is said uh, to be arch-rivals, sometimes are said to be arch-rivals, resembles a lot of uh, that of the Sumerian gods Ea and and Enlil who are also half-brothers and rivals in many instances. Now, in Polaris, a short story published in December 1920, he writes, this, this uh, Polaris story, by the way, this, this, is, this is beautiful, and, and uh, uh, it, it beautifully describes Lovecraft's relations with the heavens. In the north window of my chamber glows the pole star with an uncanny light. And through the long, hellish hours of blackness, it shines there, and in the autumn of the year, when the winds from the north curse and whine, and the red and the red-leaved trees of the swamp mutter things to one another in the small hours of the morning, under the horned waning moon, I sit by the casement and watch that star and down from the heights reels the glittering Cassiopeia as the hours wear on while Charles Wayne lumbers up from behind the vapor-soaked swamp trees that sway in the night wind just before dawn Arcturus winks readily from above the cemetery on the low hillock and Coma Bernicis Shimmers weirdly afar off in the mysterious east, but still the pole star leers down from the same place in the black vault, winking hideously like an insane watching eye that strives to convey some strange message, yet recalls nothing save that it once had a message to convey. Sometimes, when it's cloudy, I can sleep now uh this this uh should uh, if you if you've been holding back reading lovecraft's uh, uh lovecraft's dream cycle stories this should uh should convince you to read the uh the testament of Randolph Carter and, uh, and beyond the gates of the silver key now chapter 7 deals as i as i said with, with Alistair Crowley cannot grant H P Lovecraft Now, to uh, grasp the, the full importance of Lovecraft's references to Polaris, and, of course, also to the Mullapin, I suggest reading Arctos, the Polar Myth by Jocelyn Godwin. And I want to mention, you know, in relation to that, there's a long-standing theory that the Akkadians, the Akkadians who came down and took over uh, uh, from, from the Sumerians, that they came down from the uh, Central Asian Polar region and they brought with them this polar mythos which then later appears in the uh, Timbulapen i want to uh mention that Holmes has a source book for the uh, Lamugatan and the source book is Babylonian Star Lore by Gavin White and uh i you know as soon as i realized this when i when i started reading the um uh, when i started reading the uh, uh Lamugatan i ordered Babylonian star lore, and Amazon delivered it right before the show uh, tonight. So I'm sitting here with a nice fresh copy of Babylonian star lore, uh, which is a beautiful book, and it has, it, it, you know, it deals with all the the the, uh, the ancient um, uh, the ancient Assyrian and, and Akkadian uh, star lore of the of the Mula Pen, and and uh, it details. It details in much greater detail um, the much of this Babylonian lore that um, that, that uh, Holmes has uh, got in, in. You know, it's his source book, and I strongly recommend it. And uh, just to give you an idea of how important it is, let me uh, go to page eighteen here. We'll see just you'll see just how how uh, important this is in relation to our tradition now. The principal elements of this doctrine were most clearly articulated many centuries later by the Roman polymath Macrobius in his commentary on the Dream of Scipio. Macrobius divulges some fragments of esoteric lore concerning two mysterious heavenly gates. One of these gates, located in the region of the winter solstice, is called the Gate of the Gods. It is the portal through which the souls of the dead travel from earth into the afterlife. The portal is the gate of the gods because the souls of the deceased, divested of their earthly raiments, return to the heavens whence they came. In the words of Macrobius, they return to their rightful abode of immortality to be reckoned among the gods. The other gate, located on the region of the summer solstice, is called the gate of men because it was the portal through which souls journeyed to the earth to be born in the world of men. Um now that that is one of the one of the great secrets of celestial mythology and of course celestial and and, and the initiatic code. And uh and Macrobius's commentary on the dream of Scipio is required reading for our Crateropo fourth degree. Um so I want to mention that because Babylonian Star Lore by Gavin White is is a book that you should have along with the uh, along with the Lamugatan because it's it's his major source work. Now to sum up, the Lamugatan is a book every solomonic magician should have and I hope it will be available after the remaining 40 copies are sold. Remember now of course that this the the, the copy we have that Frater DeMuzi provided for us. Uh, was copy number two sixty of, a, of a, this edition limited to three hundred. Now a similar book, The Phoenician Letters by Wilfred Davies, nineteen seventy nine, is now selling for four hundred dollars a copy. So a word to the wise should be sufficient. And this uh, this time is from is from the Fall of Man Press. Now uh, we have covered uh, we have we have covered. Uh, um, uh, the Lamugatan fairly well, and the Babylonian star star lore uh, is, as I say, is is a very detailed book, and uh, and this is the third edition, so it's been out since 2007, and it's now 2014, and uh, this is a book that that uh, as I say, you should have a have if you, along with the Lamugatan. Actually, uh, this is about concludes what we have for, for this evening, but next week, next week we're going to have Lady Jo Carson on with us, and we're going to deal with uh, the Farrah Farrah Beltane uh, ceremony, which we're going to be presenting at Rivendell, and uh, Lady Jo and, 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 her, and her consort uh, 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 John are going to be coming down. Uh, from the San Francisco area and they will be the autocrats for the uh the Beltane uh, ceremony. Now as you all know, those of you who regularly listen to our show, uh Lady Joe Carson, that's uh, sister uh sister Ariel is the is the head she's the I call her the Avatrix, the Avatrix of Ferriferia. She She's the successor of Frederick McLaren Adams and, and his lady Svetlana of Farifaria. And we will look forward to having her uh, talking about uh, the Farifaria Beltane. Uh, well, it would be on the 20th. Yeah, I just corrected. It'll be on the 28th, but they'll be coming down on the 27th. But the, the actual ceremony will be on the 28th. So, those of you who are here in the. Uh, southern california area who would like to attend you'd get a you know get a hold of us uh, you know uh, i think you i think you all know how to reach us and uh, get a hold of us and and, and and you know let us know that you'd like to attend and uh, you know uh, Farifaria has been our has been our sister lodge our sister uh, uh, tradition for well, ever since ever since the, 19, the early 1970s. So until then, uh, good magic, and we'll uh, we'll see you next Thursday.